is Isabella. And how old are you? Five. And why is Jesus better than anything else? Because he made Jesus back alive. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world and the hope of living with him forever so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else and why he wants you to join him. Yoder here on another Jesus is Better podcast episode. One thing my family has liked to do every new year is for each of us to choose a word for the year that we want God to do in our life. Other years I have chosen words like depend for depending on God in everything, spirit for wanting to listen for how the Holy Spirit wants to work in my life, confidence for learning to walk in confidence as his daughter, and grateful, which is my word for this year. I want to choose to say thank you to God for the good things he does in my life. How about you? What word would you choose for the year? Last week, we saw how Jesus freed a woman from an evil spirit that had kept her bent over, and that he was bringing freedom to people's hearts as well showing them the way to enter through the door to salvation through trusting him. But some of the Pharisees still kept trying to trick Jesus into saying something wrong so that people would quit following him and listen to them instead. One Sabbath day, Jesus went to eat in the house of a well-known Pharisee. While he was there, he was being carefully watched. In front of him was a man whose body was badly swollen. Jesus turned to the Pharisees and the authorities on the law. He asked them, Is it breaking the law to heal on the Sabbath day? But they remained silent. So Jesus took hold of the man and healed him. Then he sent him away. He asked them another question, saying, Suppose one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day. Wouldn't you pull it out right away? And they had nothing to say. Jesus noticed how the guest picked the places of honor at the table. So he told them a story. He said, Suppose someone invites you to a wedding feast. Don't take the place of honor. A person more important than you may have been invited. If so... The host who invited both of you will come to you and say, Give this person your seat. Then you will be filled with shame. You'll have to take the least important place. But when you're invited, take the lowest place. Then your host will come over to you and say, Friend, move up to a better place. Then you'll be honored in front of all the other guests. All those who lift themselves up will be made humble and those who make themselves humble will be lifted up. Then Jesus spoke to his host. Suppose you give a lunch or a dinner, he said. 
do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters or your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you to eat with them, so you will be paid back. But when you give a banquet, invite those who are poor. Also invite those who can't see or walk. Then you will be blessed. Your guests can't pay you back, but you will be paid back when those who are right with God rise from the dead. One of the people at the table with Jesus heard him saying those things. So he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in God's kingdom. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet. He invited many guests. Then the day of the banquet arrived. He sent a servant to those who'd been invited. The servant told them, Come, everything is ready now. But they all began to make excuses. The first one said, I've just bought a field. I have to go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry. He ordered his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the town. Bring in those who are poor. Also bring those who can't see or walk. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and the country lanes. Make the people come in. I want my house to be full. I tell you, not one of those people who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus. He turned and spoke to them. He said, Anyone who comes to me must follow me more than their own father and mother, their wife and children, or brothers and sisters. They must care about me more than even their own life. Unless they do this, they can't be my disciple. Whoever does not carry their cross and follow me can't be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you sit down first and figure out how much it will cost? Then you will see whether you have enough money to finish it. Suppose you start building and are not able to finish. Then everyone who sees what you have done will laugh at you. They will say, This person started to build but wasn't able to finish. Have you ever worn a costume or mask and people didn't know who you were? My son Isaiah has a box filled with capes and masks and even a Transformer costume. He loves it when he puts on his Transformer mask and we all pretend to be scared of him. When the Pharisees invited Jesus to eat with them, they put on their nice or goodness mask, even though deep in their hearts they hated Jesus and wanted to trick him into saying or doing something they thought was wrong. That's probably why the sick man was at the Pharisee's house. But Jesus could see underneath their good behavior masks and showed them that they should have the same compassion for a sick man to be healed on the Sabbath. 
just as if one of their children or animals fell down a well or pit, and they worked to get them out. Jesus always cared more about loving people who were hurting than doing what the religious leaders thought he should do. That was part of doing what the Father wanted, obeying him and loving people in the light of God's truth, rather than following the rules religious people had written down. And we get to do what the Father wants too, just like Jesus, as we let him remove our mask of trying to act good enough and instead let him change our hearts to be like his. Then we won't need to wear a goodness mask because our face will already look beautiful with his love. And when someone tells us we need to behave differently, we can ask the Holy Spirit to show us if that is true according to his word. He is the one who will help us treat our brother and sister and parents with his love and kindness. Another mask that the Holy Spirit can help us remove is a mask where we pretend that we're humble, even though inside our hearts we think we're better than everyone else. Kind of like the story Jesus told about people choosing the best seat at the table. He doesn't want us to choose the worst stool at the table just so that we can look like we think we're unimportant. When our humility mask is removed, the Holy Spirit can give us hearts that are actually humble. A heart that just grabs a chair next to someone who needs to know his love and starts talking to them. Or a heart that helps the host clear the dishes off the table. Sometimes you don't get to choose who you sit next to at the table. Just like you don't get to choose which brother or sister or classmates you have. But God can give you a heart that loves the people who do end up in your life each day. Now, you might not know many people who can't see or who can't walk or who are poor. But there are always people around us who are hurting or sad or lonely and can't even think about being kind back. Those are the people Jesus is inviting us to talk to and invite to play with us. When I was in sixth grade, there was a girl in my class who none of the girls wanted to hang out with. She sometimes acted a little too silly and had flaky, dry skin. And when I started being nice to her, she would come up to me before school and talk and talk and talk. I'm ashamed to say that I got sick of listening to her each morning and tried to figure out ways I could not be mean, but also not be so nice that she would want to be with me. I didn't understand that God was the only one who could give me a heart of love for her and that it, I didn't have to keep trying to be nice on my own. I could tell him all I was feeling, and you can too, because... Just like Jesus said in his story, when he comes back to take us to our forever home with him, he will be the one celebrating with us and rewarding us. In the last story Jesus told about the great banquet, he told the people at the Pharisee's house that there would be people invited to share in God's heavenly banquet who would decide that they were too busy 
or that other things were more important than following God and coming to his table. The people who were too busy to come were like the Pharisees, who didn't think they wanted the life Jesus was inviting them to live with him. The poor people and those who couldn't see or walk were the people the Pharisees thought weren't good enough to come to God. And the people the servant found down the roads and country lanes were the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people who would come to follow Jesus. There are still people today who are so focused on their lives now that they won't ever enter into God's kingdom. But he has invited us to be like the servant in the story, inviting our cousins and classmates to come to his banquet by choosing to call Jesus their king. But we aren't just like the servant. As God's sons and daughters, we are also like princes and princesses in his kingdom, cooking with our daddy king in the kitchen as he gets ready for the banquet. It's like we're sitting at the counter watching him cook, asking if we can take a pinch of this and try a pinch of that. And he laughs and lets us try and dump in the ingredients and stir, even though we might spill some batter over the sides of the bowl. He can bring other people to us who aren't so busy with their own lives and projects that they will want to try cooking with their daddy king too. People who realize they can't figure things out on their own. Have you ever had someone tell you just to have faith? Maybe that things will turn out all right? Sometimes following Jesus and carrying his cross might feel hard. Maybe it feels like if you follow Jesus, you won't get to do all the things you want to do. But Jesus isn't far ahead of us, making us run to catch up. He's right beside us, helping us to walk in the right direction instead of chasing bubbles of success or praise from others that can pop in a moment. Faith means believing that God's way is best, even when it doesn't feel like it. And the great thing about faith is that we can always ask for more of it so that we won't be trying to follow Jesus in our own weak efforts, like when Jesus talked about building a tower. He doesn't want us to give up, and His Spirit is ready to keep helping us along, no matter what happens. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for never leaving our side. Would you keep changing our hearts to be more like yours, so that we won't need to wear a mask to look good? You're the best. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear a cool song based on the wedding banquet story, you can find the link on this show's post on my website, aliciayoder.com. It's by a group called Rain for Roots, and they have lots of other awesome kid songs too. Okay, friends, I'll talk to you next time.